Good morning. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. We are learning Bezrat Hashem Daf Tzadik Masechet Psachim. Thank you for coming out in the treacherous conditions. Bezrat Hashem, in the schus of that, our learning will be strong all the way through Shas and beyond, and uh, and all of Klal Yisrael's tsaros. However, however treacherous they may be, we'll be able to overcome them and uh, come out on the other side and bring the carbon Pesach soon. Okay. So we begin on Petasamid Bays, seven lines up from the from the wide lines. We were talking about the anecdote uh, story time about a situation where, if you might recall, we're talking still about the Chabura, the 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 Chaver that's going to sign up and register to get to eat the carbon Pesach together. Okay. If you have that chevras all signed up, there's always that guy, which you kind of want that guy, who is going to be the bottomless pit. That's going to be the hungriest guy in the group. And that hungry guy is good because he's going to finish up all your carbon Pesach. But you have to be careful that you don't let him eat first because there may not be enough left for anybody else. So, a related story. Rav Papa Rav Huna Bereda Rav Shua. Ariba Rifta Bahadei So they were breaking bread with Papa Rav Huna Ben Rav and they're having a meal at, let's say, Papa Gaia. So, Ad Achel Ravuna Brader of Shua Chada, Achel Papa Arba. If Papa ate four times the amount, Ravuna Brader of Shua, Amar Lay, Ravuna says to him, Plugly, let's uh, slow, it, slow it down and try to divide this evenly. Amar Lay, so Papa said, Kabilton, listen, you called me out here to eat and we're to share the combo platter. You should have known what you're getting into. And after all, you know, nobody. We're not, like he said, what is this? We're not, we're not doling out uh, equal amounts. You eat what you want to eat. I eat what I want to eat. That's the way this works. Okay. So when that happened, Rafuna opposed all the objections that we mentioned yesterday uh, to this type of behavior, right? And so he first quoted the idea with regards to the carbon Pesach, which you might recall we said, this also applies to eating together at a regular meal. The idea that, when you have such an individual in your Karm Pesach, you can kick them out of the group. So again, what's going on? Ravuna is telling Rav Papa, right, don't, don't forget, this threshold of whether, the, the, the topic and discussion was, can you kick the guy out of the group? Now, how could you kick a guy out of the group? Everybody's registered. Aha. Uh-huh. The question is, well, when a person registers for the Corbin Pesach, are there certain normal human, be- right? We assume certain human behaviors. And the question is, what are grounds for dismissal from said Chabura, right? Certain behaviors are so out of the norm, right, that they are grounds for dismissal because it's like, even though we accepted you in the group because we saw you in the sign up, we had a certain assumption of normal behavior. Form the group, yeah. Right. Do you know the person's a glutton after they start eating or before they eat? If it's after they start eating, right? They had a gazayas, they participated in the group. So instead of kicking them out of the group, why don't you just say stop eating? You say, well, right. So in essence, get out of the group, which would create some sort of machlokas or issue. The person's already fulfilled their mitzvah. Well, you okay? So Andrew's saying, why don't you just tell them to stop eating? So I mean, you could. That's I'm sure practically that's what you're going to do. Right, but the the assumption is, let's say this guy just can't stop eating. I didn't know if it was like uh, crossing you off, and now you have to go say something. Right, right. That's, that's a good question. Andrew was saying, like, is this some sort of technical thing where you retroactively become not part of the group, or or, we, or you get crossed off from the sign off? I, I think the point is, what is going to be the grounds for dismissal if push came to shove and the guy doesn't stop eating? Okay. 
So anyways, be that as it may, Rav Papa is, is explaining, uh, I'm sorry, Rav Huna is explaining to Rav Papa, Rav Papa said, hey, this is all you can eat. I'm eating all I can eat. And uh, it's not really all you can eat. If you all can eat, it wouldn't be a problem. It's a combo platter that they're sharing. It's really a combo platter for two, but Rav, Rav, Rav uh, Papa is like eating for four. And so Rav Huna was saying to Rav Papa, you know, were this the Korban Pesach, this would be grounds for dismissal. You know, that was his raya to explain to him, this is, uh, this is, out of, this is sort of like an out of the ordinary behavior. Okay. So, so, that's what Huna was trying to explain to Rav Papa. But Rav Papa answered as we stated above in yesterday's Gemara, which is to say, he said, well, listen, right, in the state, the state above, he said, nobody... Right, the the answer that the that the that the bottomless pit has when he's confronted by the other bnei chabura and the carbon pesach is, hey, this is all you can eat, right? Like nobody ever said, as Rashi had said, all you can eat, literally. Like nobody said that we it, this is plated, this is buffet. Okay, so Ace right? So Ace So then Rav challenged him again from the third source, which we just quoted yesterday, which is bnei chabura, that if one of the members of the group had. Right, what we called Yadaim Yafa, so I'm right, that we can actually dismiss him. So Amalai, if Papa answered to him there, Hassan, that's a different case. Because there, they could tell him, the reason why we accepted you, right, was because we needed you, right, for the, uh, to avoid the possibility of Noisa. Right, so so you can't use that argument against me because they there they had a better reason um, to to bring him on, and then therefore a better reason subsequently to dismiss him. Okay, so Ace So then Rav Huna challenged from the last idea that we said, which was Sibolis. Right, the Sibolis is Papagayos. The last part of the Bryce that we quoted had a regular case where dudes are sitting around a bunch of friends. Um, they're having a reunion, and one guy is the bottomless pit. So, and they said that you can dismiss him, right? The, the Brysa said that actually made this connection. The Brysa itself made the connection between the Korban Pesach group and this, um, and, 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 you know, social setting. So, Palagle, so Papa there, at that point, upon hearing the end of the Brysa with regards to Sibolas, uh, relented and divided the meal equally with Rafuna, and that convinced him, and all was well. Okay. So then, Azul Arav Bade Ravina. Ravuna has interesting taste in, in friends to, to, go, uh, to go eat combo platters with. Because after eating with Rav he went to Ravina. Amazingly enough, Ravina ate not only four times the amount uh, of Ravuna as Rav Papa had done, he ate double that. He ate eight times the amount. You know, one could argue maybe they weren't really gluttons. Maybe Ravuna was just uh, ate very, very lightly. And he was a good guy to go eat a combo platter with because you get almost the whole thing to yourself and you split the money. Uh-huh. To which, and that actually has to do a little bit with the tarots over here. Amar Ravuna ex- exclaimed in, and I say in parentheses in exasperation, mea pape velochada ravina. Uh, I'd rather a hundred of papas and not even one ravina. So actually, Ravari Leibowitz uh, pointed out, you might be thinking, well, wait a minute. Ravina only ate twice the amount. So we have a couple of things to say here. First of all, we have to say Chaim Shechter, right? It's incredible. Ravina must have had a ravenous appetite. A ravenous appetite. Anyway. So that's Rav Chaim Shechter Shlita. Yashikach for that. Um, but maybe he wasn't that. Another, okay. So it just the math doesn't work out. Ravina is only eating twice as much as Rav Papa. So why is he saying I'd rather have a hundred Rav Papas? If he only had three Rav Papas, this is not a real bomb kasha. But the point is that you're just looking at it in terms of how much food you get. 
But how much, how much, how about how much you pay? So if you do the math, then it actually works out. In other words, if you have a hundred of papas and everybody's paying their share, but they're only eating four times the amount that you're eating, so then actually you lose out in terms of value of what you paid for your share, you actually end up losing out less than sharing it with Ravina, and where each one of you is paying half and he's eating eight times the amount. You have to go do the math. Okay. But be that as it may, that is the story. So now we're in the second wide line on Pei Testament Bays, and we say the following. This is another aspect of the registration that's actually fascinating and very unusual to the Korban Pesach, and involves, uh, a, 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 involves a mission in Tamura, as we will see. So, This is the, what I call the Shlomo Skolnik Gemara, not to be confused with Pesach Skolnik. Shlomo Skolnik grew up in Yerushalayim, and he, this, and he made this thing called Travel Deal where he was going to run Pesach programs, okay? And he has a famous Pesach program in the Kinara that we all went to. So now, a lot of Ramat Shemesh people, when they would go, they would go with him. So the fascinating thing is when, when the Korban Pesach is going to be brought, they're still going to have Pesach programs, right? This is the Raya for the Pesach programs. It's just going to be a very formal registration, as we've been discussing. And part of that registration is going to be a Korban Pesach fee, okay? When you bring, when you charge a carbon Pesach fee, this is the discussion of the Gemara, and people sign up to register for the carbon Pesach fee, are you, do you have to spend that money only on the car, bringing the carbon Pesach? Now, you can spend it on the wood and all the other aspects of bringing the carbon Pesach, or can you take that carbon Pesach at money and use it as you see fit, spend as much money as you want on the carbon Pesach, but also, have the extra money as chulin to, you know, pay for the brothers Kasparov or whatever to pay for the entertainment for the Pesach program and the speakers. This is literally the question at hand. Is the money that Shlomo Skolnik collecting, he's the one that's running the Pesach program, is that money that he's collecting for the Korban Pesach, is it allowed to only go exclusively to the Korban? That would mean that the money is Hekdesh. Or is it chulin? Okay, now you say, why would it be one or the other? Well, let's see. Somebody was makdish their money to buy carbon Pesach, so they gave it to you, right? So that money should be hektish. But what normally happens is, let's say you buy an animal, okay? So let's say you buy an animal for a carbon. So you, you decide you have a certain amount of money. This, this, this Gemara requires a lot of pre-explanation. You decide, even Ravari Leibowitz gave a lot of pre-explanation on this one. So let's say you go and you decide that this amount of money, you're going to buy yourself a korban. Okay. So you go and you, and you consecrate a certain amount of money. You say, this money, I'm not going to use it to, to buy groceries. I'm going to buy it a korban. Fine. Then you go to the korban store to buy the korban. Now the korban store, those money were not, those animals were not already mukdash. Those are all just free roam animals. You could buy pets. You could buy whatever you want in that pet store. It happens to be you could buy a korban there. You could buy an animal and designate it as a korban. What typically happens in the normal situation is the guy comes with money that he said is going to go towards hektish. He buys the animal. And then at the moment of the purchase of the animal, the money becomes chulin, right? The guy who's selling the animals, he can't, it's, he, that money becomes chulin. And the kedusha, so to speak, of the money gets transferred from the money to the animal. So now the animal that you bought is hektesh and can't be misappropriated, 
but the money that you used to buy with, which had previously been hekdesh, is chulin now, right? That money, that kedusha transferred from the money you used to purchase the animal to the animal. That's a normal case. That is not the case with a carbon pesach necessarily when you're signing up for a pesach program. So now watch this: the money that you used to sign up for the pesach program that's hekdesh money, but Skolnik took the money and he bought the carbon pesach. At no point. Right? Did you have this actual transfer of money? Because you didn't really buy the animal. What you really bought was a spot in the Korban Pesach. So we will see that this registration spot is unusual in that, in, in a couple of ways. One of the ways that it's unusual is that when you purchase it, the money never really becomes chulin per se, but in the typical way. Because you didn't really buy an animal and then switch it up for, you just bought a slot in the Korban Pesach. Okay? But the other way that it's unusual, which does make the money chulin, is that the actual ownership of the carbon Pesach, because of the uniqueness of this registration and all that, actually makes it so that a human being is a baal on, on that said carbon Pesach on the money more so than it would be in a typical situation. So it kind of evens out. And the illustration for that, and this has to be said outside first, is a Mishnah and Tamura. The Mishnah Tremura discusses a sort of opposite case of Esnan Zona. The case of Esnan Zona, the, the Esnan Zona is, is a, is a wild case where you have this woman who's a Zona who receives payment for her services and in the form of an animal. Okay. And, and then wants to use that animal as a korban. So, right? This is Psukim in the Torah. So now that she cannot do because that is an abomination. You're going to take an animal that you took for your, for your znus services and you're going to put it on the Mizbech. That is an abomination and that's not allowed to do. Okay. Now, so the Mishnah in Tamura discusses a case that's similar to that, but crazier in a way. Let's say somebody was Makdish's animal. Okay. So he wants to bring it as a korban. He has an animal. He already has it in his flock. Fine. He's Makdish it as a korban. Good. Then he sees the Zona and he says, you know what? Change of heart. I want to use it as payment for a Zona. So you're going to say, oh, wait a minute. You can't do that. You can't take an animal and, and that you already makdish. Now, the reason you can't do that is not only because you're not supposed to be paying for a Zona, but it's also because this animal is no longer yours. Once you're makdish it, right, then you can no longer give it to anybody as payment because it's no longer yours. It belongs to Gava, as we say. It belongs to the base of Mikdash. So the truth is you can't do it and it doesn't work. But the Mishnah in Tamura says that that's because of the Apasuk. And so the whole question becomes, what is the Havamina that would make you think that you in fact can use this animal as payment? And the answer ends up being a machlokas, but at the end of the day, it ends up being that it's a carbon, that the case in Tamura, one shita is that the case in Tamura was a carbon pesach. Why is that relevant? Because of what we just said. Because we know that with regards to carbon pesach, even once you're makdishit as a carbon pesach, you retain some bilus over it. Even though the carbon pesach is going towards a Korban, you retain some bilus over this carbon pesach, right? Um, such that the money would be chulin, and because you retain some bilus, in theory, you'd be able to give it to right for whatever purposes you would want to give it, right? In the case of tomorrow, it's for Arizona, but. In the, but the Pasuk says that, the, the Pasuk says that you're not allowed to do that, but there's Avmina that you could. The other possibility is that simply is a Yosiaglili who says that it's Kachim Kalim in the Mesechas, uh, Tamura. And Kachim Kalim, as we know, is in fact Mom and Bailim. 
So there is a concept even within normal karbanas under normal circumstances where a korban is not in fact considered right uh, entirely legavoa and outside of your jurisdiction, but it's rather considered kachim kalim, which means um, which it is in fact kachim kalim, which is actually mamon bailim, which is still considered under the financial jurisdiction of its master. So when you were de-icing your cards today, did you realize that you were going to head into this? So here we go. This is like driving into a storm. So let's see. Okay. So now, now that you have that background, this is going to flow. Tanner Abanan, Hamimane. This is like this is like your cars after you let it um, heat up for like ten minutes. Tanner Abanan, Hamimane Acherim Imal Pesukolachagaso. So a person who is Mimane, other people, right? Shlomo's calling the cast of the people together with him on the carbon Pesach and on the Chagiga. Most should be Yadachulin. Which means that Shlomo Skolnik can not only use that money to buy a Korban Pesach, but the money is chulin, and he can actually use it to also buy all of the people who are, you know, to pay all the people giving shiurim and all the entertainment and all that. Okay. And also to keep it, right? To keep it for himself as profit. But a person who sells his Korban Ola or Shlomim, he doesn't accomplish anything at all. Okay, which is interesting. Notice over here, our Mishnah, it's not likely to be Yosef Glili because the Ola, uh, now that we know it, the Ola doesn't belong to him at all. So loss of Laklum means he accomplished nothing at all because it's already belongs to Hashem. You can't sell it. Happens to be Shlomim is Kachim Kalim, so we'll see. Okay, that, well, that will come up. Umas, Kol Shehen, Yiplun, and Dava. Okay, and the money that he receives, right? So, so what happened here? Um, Barry and Andrew, we haven't used them in a while. So in Erevin, we use them every day. So, so what happened was, right, uh, Barry wants to bring a carbon, as he does, right? He's a tzaddik, he's bringing a carbon. It's an adava, it's a beautiful thing. Okay. Andrew, he wants to be efficient. He doesn't have time to go to the carbon store. So he sees Barry, like, approaching the base and making sure this animal. He's like, Barry, can I buy that animal off you? And Barry, you know, doesn't, he wants to be a good guy. He's like, all right, I'll go get another one. Here, buy it for me. Now, Barry can't do it. He's already been mocked this animal. It's not his anymore. So the question is, what happens to Andrew? Andrew paid it. So you would think, well, this transaction is nullified and Andrew just gets his money back. The answer is Andrew's not going to get his money back. It goes Lindadava. You give it to the base of Mikdash. Andrew lost out on the car. Barry keeps his carbon because that sale was totally null. And Andrew keeps his money. I'm sorry. And Andrew loses his money. We give the money to Tzedakah. So we're going to see. The Gemara addresses this. He says, well, if the, if the sale of Barry's animal, uh, carbon to Andrew is, n- is null, so then why are you giving the money to Tzedakah? Right? Or to the carbon, uh, to the base of Mikdash, as it were. So the Gemara explains, Amarava Knasa. It's a Knas on Andrew. Andrew should not be walking around offering money to people for their carbonos. He should just go buy his own carbon in the carbon store. Okay? Umay Kol Shehain. So what does it mean, Kol Shehain, right? Because remember, it says, Umas Kol Shehain Yiplun and Dava. That however much it is, it should go to the Dava. So it says the Gemara, Afa Gav Arba, Chamisha. Right? Andrew, how did he, get Barry to sell to him in the first place. Well, he said, you know what? The Corbin's worth 80 bucks. I'm going to give you 200 bucks. And that's, a, that's an offer Barry couldn't refuse. Even though it was an overpay, Andrew has to eat that too. All of it goes to Tzedakah. He doesn't get back like the difference, right? The 120 bucks. He has to give it all to the Beis HaMikdash. Wow. Okay, so now, 
Now we're going to flesh out this idea of money being paid for the registration for the Pesach program is going to be chulin. How so? So Amar Ulav, Yitema Roshia, Efshar Yodei Chavrid Bavloi Taima Dai Milsa. Maybe our Chevra in, in Bavel know the explanation of why the Korban Pesach is somewhat chulin. So, and, and, and here we go. So a person, right, designated a carbon as a carbon Pesach. So that sounds like he's being makdashit. Good. So again, Shlomo Skolnik is running the carbon Pesach program and he is designated an animal already and now he's just accepting people and accepting money for registration. So Shlomo was makdash the behema, or the animal, right? And all the people who registered for the Pesach program, they were makdash their money to the Corbin, uh, the, to, to the Corbin Pesach program. So, hekdish, chal hal hekdish, diktani, diktani, So, again, whereas in a normal case, you buy just a regular chulin animal with Kodesh money, and the, and the hek, and the, and the Kedusha transfers from your money to the animal, and the money becomes chulin, here, again, Shlomo Skolnik was makdish to the animal, Everybody who signed up for the Korban Pesach program was makdish their money. So how's hekdish chal hekdish? How do you have a situation where everything along the line is hekdish and poof, all of a sudden, the ma'as shabiyoda become chulin? What's the mechanism by which the money that Shlomo Skolnik has in his hands become chulin? Everything was kaddish along the line. Oh, that's the question. So Amar Abaye, so now we're going to have uh, a journey here. As we finally arrive at Sadiq Amad Aleph at the hopeless time of 6.04 a.m., Amar Abaye, uh, our goal is, is to get to at least the Zav in the Mishnah and Tzadik of Adolf, if we can make it. It's, it's a lot to do. Okay, so Amar Abaye. Elav de ukmei rabbi lahi, but Andrew, you snowed in this Shabbos anyway, so you get to do some catch-up. Elav de ukmei rabbi lahi. If Rabbi had not said that the Mishnah in Temura, which we discussed already, right, as referring to what? A person who registered a zona on, for his Korban Pesach, verebihi, Okay, so now let's explain this again. Rabbi Yossi Aglili, I'm going to do a little bit backwards. Right, it, the Korban Pesach, is, as we've discussed already, is Kachim Kalim. So the, the Abai is explaining the simplest way to say how this money is chulin and usable for Shlomo Skondik is simply by explaining that Kachim Kalim is Maman Bailim. That's what Rabbi Yossi says. So again, Shlomo Skolnik bought a Korban Pesach, but it's Kachim Kalim. And therefore, that korban, albeit kadosh, is, the money that he, that, 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 that korban is mamon bailim. It, it belongs to him. So that would have been the easiest pshat. But we have another pshat. The pshat in Temurah is Rebbe Oshia had said, according to Rebbe, that what? That, that memane zona al pischol. It's an unbelievable idea, right? That the way he, uh, I guess you could say, the way he paid the zona is by, is by including her in the Pesach program, so to speak, for free, right? That was the payment. So that is what Rebbe is explaining in the Mishnah and Temur, that that shows you that he has some bilis over the, or over the Korban Pesach to use it for other things other than Kodesh, which is, right, by showing this stark example that's the exact opposite of Kodesh. The, the last thing that this Korban Pesach should be used to pay for is a zona, and yet 
you have enough bilas over this carbon pesach that you could sign up as payment. You could you could include somebody in your carbon pesach program uh, like this as payment. Okay, that's that's basically what Abai is now saying. He's saying that it's, it would have been simpler to explain it like a real that's simply that's kachim kalim, but you could also use it as uh, payment for mamanazon al pischo, and that's the case. We're going to get to it. In other words, it, it gets repetitive because we're saying the Gemara says everything backwards. This is sort of like the. This statement really represents the punchline of the Mishnah. And then the Gemara is going to go through it. So here's the explanation as follows. According to Rebbe, a person does not um, limit the, the, the Kedusha of the Korban. Okay, so in order to understand the distinction here, we have to understand the following. We know that the individual has some sort of we know that the individual ha- that, that is Maklish or Korban Pesach retains some sort of bias over said Korban Pesach. Okay, that much we know. The question is, what is the mechanism by which this works? This can happen in one of two ways. Either he retains ownership over the animal, okay, the, which is to say he retains ownership, we'll say, over the goof. Like he retains ownership over the actual Korban. That would be like the Korban Pesach being actually like a Korban Kachim Kalim in a sense, okay. Or... He retains, right, that, that the animal itself, somehow you distill it out. You split, you split the atom here. You say that the animal itself is Kaddosh. However, the money collected for the carbon Pesach registration is in fact usable for other things. So the question is, is the Kedusha, is, is the Kedusha limiting, um, on just the, is the Kedusha limiting the animal, but you have Hulin, uh, usage of the money, or is it that the actual animal itself is, in fact, still retained in some way, way and shape, um, by the owner, and therefore, by definition, right, by extension, that's why he could also use the money. In other words, can he use the money because he's also can really use the animal, it's still his a little bit, or the animal is not his at all anymore. It's considered Lagavoa, but the money collected for Carbon Pesach program, he can use. That's, that's, that's the question. So again, so Abai is explaining what Rebbe's view is. This, so we have a machlokis. This is how detailed it gets. There's a machlokis within Rebbe who says that the Mishnah in Tamura is referring to a Korban Pesach. And again, the Havamina was in the Mishnah. We asked, at the end of the day, you can't, you can't use this money. You can't use this animal that you're makdish as to pay his owner. You're not allowed to do that. But the, the Mishnah in Tamura is explaining that that's because of a Pasuk. And now all we're explaining is the Havamina. And so within Rebbe, Rebbe says that the Havamina is that it's a carbon Pesach. And that's why we thought you might be able to give it to the owner, even though ultimately you can't. And within that, there's a Machlokas. Why can the carbon Pesach be, uh, be, why do we have a Havamina that could be used as payment for the Zona? So either, again, as we just said, within Rebbe, there's a Machlokas. Is it because you retain the actual animal ownership, or is it because the, the animal, uh, it belongs to Gavoa, but the money is what you retain? Okay, so he says, I'm just reading it again inside, and then it be, just like I just repeated it a couple of times, the Gemara repeats it a couple of times too, so let's just read it through now. So even though the carbon Pesach 
according to Rebbe, uh, according to this shita, is something that is lagavoa, the money at least is mishayar inish, meaning it's limited in the sense of kedusha, in that some of it still belongs to the Baal. The mikar because when he first set the money aside, adaita the That's the intention with which he set it aside, okay? He knew he was going to be using it for other things as well, okay? Now, this is how it's going to solve the brysa, Right, because we had a question in the Bryce that we said, let's see if the Babylonians can an- help us answer this. How is it that we have Kodesh and Kodesh and in the end the money is Chulin? So he said, that the Bryce is referring to Rebbe. Because again, Rebbe Shita, according to one of the opinions within Rebbe Shita, is that in fact, the, that even though the Korban Pesach is Kodesh, and the people who paid the money for the Korban Pesach program were Makdash their money, the person... Shlomo Skolnik, who owns the Korban Pesach, actually retains bilus over the money, and that's why he can use that money for anything that he wants. Right? Because even though, we'll read the parentheses here, we'll skip the next ones, but these parentheses we're going to say, that even though, right, with the Korban Pesach is Kadosh, the money itself is Chulin. Okay. So now that we explain that, we're just going to go back to the Mishnah and Tamura and see how we arrived at all of this. He says, and that Mishnah, which Rebosheh said was like, Rebbe, he says, I would not, Abaye said, I would have actually read it differently. Here we're going to, So here he says, I would have said that with the Pesach, a person, I, I would not have said like Rebbe, and then he just quotes what Rebbe's Shita is, right? I would not have said like Rebbe that the issue is that Pesach is, in fact, Kadosh, but the Maos are Chulin. Rather, what would I have said? Okay. So we say, so the assumption is that what Abaye would have wanted to say, right, is that it was like Rebbe Yossi Haglili. That simply said that Korban Pesach is Kachim Kalim and Kachim Kalim are Mom and Bailim. That would have, that's what Abai wanted to say. He would not have said like Rebbe. But says the Gemara, however, Here it's referring to Rabbi Aglili. However, you can't attribute our Brisa to Rabbi Aglili. Why? Because our Brisas had the following word: the Hatani You might, and this is what we alluded to before, because the Brisa had had actually explicitly said that not only when you sell your Ola, but even when you sell your Shlomim, it's invalid. Well, that's beferish against Rabbi Yossi Aglili, because we know that Shlomim are for sure Kachim Kalim. And therefore, we see that we can't uphold our Bryce according to Rabbi Yossi Aglili. That's why we had to do these gymnastics and get involved with the Zayna and Tamura in order to explain that it's like Rebbe and that it's because of the limitations of how much the, Korb, the Kedusha of the Korb Pesach uh, has on the Bailim whereby the carbon itself is kadosh, but the money it's still chulin. Wow. So to that, Abayas concludes, Now that we have Rabbi Yosheh's explanation, as we've discussed, right, explaining the mission in Tamura as being a case of a person who is Mimana Zona on the carbon Pesach, and within the opinion of Rabbi, So from that, he thinks that it sounds like even the carbon itself is somewhat chulin, which Mishaya Inish means that even the Korban itself has some ownership, even though the Korban has been de- designated, the Korban Pesach is unique, according to this understanding in Tamura, in that, in that the owner of the Korban Pesach, the person who runs the Korban Pesach program, retains some ownership. Okay. So now, what's the source? Mahidi Raboshia. So now it finally quotes the Mishnah in Tamura. 
So now we're going to get, now we're just going to, again, it's backwards. So now we're, this will be familiar to us at this point, as follows. If a person gave a zona, something that had already been mukdash as payment, they're permitted to be offered on the Mizbech, which is to say, there is no Esnan Zona here. That's why we have to explain what Esnan Zona is, right? This is another way of saying that it, if you gave something that was already Muktish to Zona, it's as if you gave her nothing, because she's not entitled to it, it's, it's Mamun Gavoa, and it's as if it wasn't defiled by its association with her, it could just be put straight on the Mizbech. How, and, and the Mishnah then said, The Mishnah then says that if you gave her regular birds, then those are usher. Well, that should be pushing, right? Of course. If you gave a regular birds at a chulin, the, then, and then you tried to bring it as a korban, certainly they'd be usher. That's classic straight up as nonzona. So why is it necessary to say that? So the Gemara says, Shehayabedin, you would have thought, you would have thought, basically, that it's easier for birds to retain Kedusha. Why? Because the behemas, when they get a mum, they become puzzle and they can't become kadosh. So you might have had this avamina. I don't think we would have had this avamina, but the way I understand this is it means that you would have thought that because ophos retain their kadusha much better, that ophos she'ena mum poisel behem, ain't odin she'ena esna mechir It sounds like the havamina would be that since birds don't get a mum, that, that doesn't puzzle them when they're kadosh, so then you might have made a weird kalvachomer where that where they even when they're chulin, I think you would have thought that even when they're chulin, right? You can't uh, the the esnon is not chal on them that you can, they, they can never become esnon zona. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Talmud Loma lechal neder. That's what the Torah says in the pasuk lechal neder lerabos esaofos. Right to include that even birds, obviously, right, are not going to be are are, are going to be subject to esnon zona. That's for sh- that's but apparently the have meaning that it wouldn't because they're kaddish to begin with. Okay, or they're more prone to kedusha or less prone to lose the kedusha because they can't lose their kedusha by mum. Okay, and then just to say it from the other perspective, to the other side, well, now that you've learned, okay, that birds um, are actually going to uh, not be Esnan Zona, uh, uh, that birds, right, are not going to be Esnan Zona once they're Kadosh, the Gemara is going to say, Ma'ofas Shein Amum Puzzle Behem, right, so Ofas has a Mum, that when they have a Mum, it's not Puzzle Behem, Esnan Umachir Chalalehem, and you see, nevertheless, Right, if you take chulin ofos and you give it to a zona, they're going to obviously have this issue of, of esnan zona. So you, again, you'd make this weird kavachomer that you'd never make. That even when they're hektish, they they that even when they're hektish, you're gonna you're gonna be able to still give it as an esnan zona. But that's not true. Talmudomar lechol neder prat neder. So again, the pesukim because of this discrepancy between. Ophos and Behemoth, where Ophos Amum is not Chalaim, the Gemara, for whatever reason, assumes that you'd have, uh, that you have these weird sort of Kavachomers that you really wouldn't have. Um, that, that even when it's Chulin, it's not going to be Esnanzona, or that even when an animal's Kadosh, that it is going to be Esnanzona. And the reason you have the Pasuk sort of on both sides to level you out so that both Ophos uh, to, 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 and the way we come out is the way that's easier, that, that we can easily understand, which is that both by Ophos and by Behemoth, the halacha is in fact the same, which is that if they're chulin 
and you give them to a zona, that is going to fall to the violation of Esnan zona, and that can't be brought as a Mizbeach. However, in both cases, Ophos and Behemoth, if they're Hekdesh, and you give them to a zona, it's as if you've done nothing because they don't belong to you, and they can be put on the Mizbeach because they haven't been defiled by their association with the zona. That is what the Pasuk ultimately is teaching you. The Gemara is just going to ask, why do you even need a Pasuk to teach you that last point? El Taima, the Kosovo Chavana Neder, Halav Hachi Avamina Mukdashim, Chal Isser Esnan Alayim. This is how we arrived at the whole thing. In other words, we just learned that there was a Hava Amina. This is what I meant before. I said this was the Hava Amina in Tamura. So the Hava Amina was, was wild to begin with. But so the question is, how could you have even had a Hava Amina, right, that the, that the Isser is Chal on something that's already Mukdash? Ein Adam says, finally, the Gemara says, Ein Adam After all, this is why you can't give something that is already muktash to somebody else because it's not yours. It belongs to Gava. So how is this ever going to actually uh, absorb an Isser of Esnan Zona? It's not even yours to give it to her. Says the Gemara. And that is the analysis of the Mishnah and Tamura where Roshi had explained that's talking about a carbon Pesach and that's why we had the Hava Amina that you could give it to the Zona because even when you're Maktash the carbon Pesach completely according to Rebbe you retain some financial ownership of it Thus, you can give it to the zona, and perhaps as the Havamina that it become Essen Zona, the Pasuk is teaching you that it doesn't. It belongs enough to Gavala that it's an invalid sale. Whoo! Okay. Now, my Rebbe, just finishing this piece off, um, what is this opinion of Rebbe that Roshi mentioned? The Tanya. So, where did he get, what's his source? So he says, uh, going back to the source here, we said, let's say you had. Right, too small of a crew, and you wanted to start a Pesach program, and to and also and to make a little bit of money on the side. So you start a carbon Pesach program. So hachayehu miset. Right, the pasuk says hachayehu. It says miyos miset. So hachayehu miset sounds like what? That you could make a living from the set. So mikdei achila, but you could sell it even if you if right. You so there's two right. There's there's two ways of looking at it. You might say. That the only thing that you could collect money for is mikdei achila, because you need to buy the items required to eat the carbon pesach. So you can sign up people for a pesach program. This is how Shlomo Skolnik started. He started slow, right? You charge people just for your cost of the program. Velo mechdi mekach, right? But you not not because you want to what buy yourself a hat and a suit for yantiv and start like expanding the padding the prices so you could buy more things. That is the first shita. Rabbi Omer af bekti mekach shim einlo memana acher imo alpischov alchagigaso. In other words, you could be penniless and you don't even have a suit and you don't have anything for yantiv. Rabbi allows you based on the pasuk of miyos mise. Right, so miyos mise. There's two ways to understand it. Is it that you're allowed to collect the money for a korban pesach for a sign up just enough to pay for the korban pesach itself, or miyos mise to like make a living, literally? And, and use it, and use Pesach programs. This is the, the source of, you could actually use Pesach programs as a form of making a living, as a form of, of employment for yourself, right? Uh, Parnasa. Again, meaning, if a person's destitute and doesn't have a lot of money, he can actually make money by opening up a carbon Pesach registration. Get your hand, it's a business model. Get your hand on a carbon Pesach, start charging for a carbon Pesach program. That's literally Rabbi Shita. And sure enough, Rebbe says, 
So now we're getting to the source of Rebbe Shita. Rebbe says that this money that you collected for your Korban Pesach program is chulin, and you can use it for whatever you want. Because it's, a, it's on these terms, Jews know about Korban Pesach programs. They're very well aware. It's part of the fabric of the culture. And therefore, this is their kavana, and this is in fact what Rebbe says you can do, and that is how you have people who really, that's their main parnasa is Pesach programs. Wow. Whew. Okay, now, 15 lines up. Right? So there's a machlokas rabbi and rabbi zeir with regards to this. How much can you use for the Pesach program? Some said, well, okay. Everyone would agree that, that when Shlomo collects everyone's carbon Pesach money, he can use it to buy the, the firewood for the carbon Pesach. That's obvious. The chevet at the kant of the Pesachu. That's part of the cost of carbon Pesach. Nobody would deny him that. It's not like you could only use it to pay the animal. You could use it to pay the animal and all the other things that you need in order to, to, to roast it, right? To, to prepare it. Kagufa de Pesach dummy. So just, so says the Gemara, right? Came into the Kanta de Pesach, Kagufa de Pesach dummy. That since, right, it's necessary for the bringing of the Korban Pesach, it's as if you actually purchased the flesh of the animal itself, right? Keep pligi, but where do, right, Rebbe and the Chami disagree? Bimatso mar. Wow. It's fascinating, right? How are you supposed to run a Korban Pesach program without matzo mar? So Rabbanan Savri ha'achilachrisahi. Rabbanan say, well, that's not the korban pesach. That's a different thing. So I paid for my korban pesach. I'm going to bring my own matzamar, or you should provide the matzamar. The Rebbe Savar came to Tichshir the pesach who could go for the pesach dummy, right? But Rebbe is saying it says on matzos and yachlu. So you know, in other words, it's a standard part of the korban pesach program is to is to also provide. Right, the matzah and the mara as well. So certainly that should also be something that nobody would agree, disagree with. Everybody should be allowed to use the money of the Korban Pesach program for the matzah and mara as well. Now the Gemara say there was another sheet of There was another sheet based off of that. As we said, right? That since it says in the Pasuk explicitly that's part, so to speak, in part of the, of the preparation of the carbon Pesach, so since we said that, everybody would agree that Shlomo Skolnik could use the money from the carbon Pesach program for that. The Cheva, the Machshirin Pesach, Ninu Kepesach Dami, because as we said before, with regards to the firewood, since that is necessary for the essential carbon Pesach, that's like Pesach Kipli, but where's the Machlokas? Leikach Bo Chaluk, Leikach Bo Talis. You thought I was kidding. You could use the money of the carbon Pesach program to buy yourself nice clothes, to make a living, to buy a, um, a fancy car for yourself to make a parnasa out of it. So this is what I was alluding to before, that the, the Rabbanan said, means no, whatever you could do to sustain the actual Korban Pesach itself, that's what you could do. Rebbe holds, you could literally use the Korban Pesach as a way of making a living. We call it making a living. It's literally what it means. Okay. And just the, at the end of here, where are we holding? Oh, we were finished. Okay, so just finishing up uh, up until the Mishnah. This is everything that we said before. Just finishing it off. The Gemara asks, but Rebbe himself says, that that's why they 
um, or makdish their carbon pesach, which is mashma, they were makdish just the animal, not the money. So the Gemara says, no, Ema Shalmanaski and Ikdish Yisrael most pischayim. Maybe it means that they were makdish the most pischayim, and that's why you end up falling back at Yosiglili, and that is the machlokas in Tamura, as we discussed. Everybody have a good Shabbos. Wow. <laughs>